Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actors Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students. And I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. I am super excited to introduce my guest. He's a talented actor and singer. You may know her from her work on Disney, Sydney to the Max, and Girl Meets World. Some of her film credits are Manifest West, Red Shoes and the Seven Dwarfs, A Fairy's Game, Insidious, The Last Key, Scary Movie 5, just to name a few. She's an influencer with over 4.3 million followers. I want to welcome the multi-talented Avra Kolker to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. It's great to have you. So, you know, I created this podcast to inspire young artists to follow their dreams, right? Like if a kid like me can come out to Hollywood at 18 with 200 bucks in my pocket, a one-way ticket, didn't know a soul out here and make the dream a reality, then why can't the listener out there, right? If a kid like you can have a dream and be on hit Disney shows, movies, walking the red carpets, (laughs) having a a followers, 4.3 million followers. I mean, you know, the dream can come true. So I just wanted to ask you, like, how did you get started in the biz? I mean, honestly, it was, it was kind of accidental. Um, My parents put me and my sisters, my older sisters in acting just to kind of see what would happen because they wanted to, they were a lot older than me at the time. They were, I think 10 and, and eight and I was four and they really wanted to try acting. They wanted to be famous and be movie stars. And I was only four. And I just happened to be with them that day. And the manager who was taking their head headshots that day wanted to photograph me as well. And it sent me on auditions as well. And my parents were like, I guess so. We're already here. And then I ended up booking my first audition and then um, did a few movies that year. Scary Movie 5. I did a movie with Kate Beckinsale called Trials of Kate McCall. And then a movie alongside Katie Holmes called Miss Meadows. And then I got on. um, Oh, and I did Scary Movie 5. And then I did Girl Meets World. So it was all it was all it happened really quick. And it definitely wasn't really what we had expected going into it. We did not expect for me to like work and for it to be my forever thing, but it sparked this like passion inside me. And now I like, there's nothing that I love more than being on set. That's awesome. So how did you get, I mean, how did you like get your first agent? How did you get your SAG card? How how did that all work out? Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly all of the fundamentals of it, but I know that my parents, um, I think they met an acting manager, um, Gary Churchwell. He was my first manager and my sisters as well. And he sent us on a few auditions. And then after I had done, I think, two movies, I went to Coast to Coast to meet with an agent because, you know, they're a, a kid's talent agency. And we had a meeting with them. And then I ended up being the youngest 
the youngest person that they added to their team. So that's kind of how I joined an agency, got a manager, and then SAG. I'm not exactly sure. I think my mom, my mom handles all of that stuff. <laughs> so you booked your first audition? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> when I came yeah. out to Hollywood, my very first audition I booked, it was a guest starring role and, and it got me my Screen Actors Guild, my Taff Hartley and, and got me started in the business. Yeah. So, so, you know, what is your approach? I mean, you've, you've been on, you know, sitcoms and, you know, it, it's, you know, I, I've been blessed. I've been on sitcoms. You know, I, I made a career doing, you know, comedies and, you know, I know it's like, I mean, did you do it in front of a live audience? Girl Meets World was in front yeah. of a live audience. Um, but the second Disney show I did called Sydney to the Max wasn't because since it was the show um, was basically it took place in two decades. So every set that was in one decade, they had like a replica of it in the other decade. So the this all the stage, the staging was different. The art deco was different. So there was literally two of every stage, two kitchens, two bedrooms, two living rooms, two of everything. So we didn't have space for an audience, although we all wanted to do it. Um, we just didn't have the space for it. So what is your approach to the craft of acting? Ooh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, how do you, how do you prepare? How do you learn your lines? How do you, uh, you know, how do you make choices? I mean, what, how do you develop a character? You know, there's so many different strategies that I use for memorization. Usually I just take it one scene at a time, you know, got to read the whole script, get a sense of the character, then take it one scene at a time, one line at a time, learn it slowly. And then I'm lucky that all my family is supportive. So I'm able to run my lines with them and practice with them when I need it. So when I learn the first scene, I run it and make sure I have that perfect before moving on to the next scene so that I'm not taking on more than I can handle. And then as for the acting portion of it, recently, I've just been getting better and better at becoming the character if that makes sense so mm -hmm. once the camera starts it's like I've, I'm not myself anymore and I'm solely the character so something I've been I guess struggling or that's been happening a lot recently is that in in some more intense or emotional scenes when the script doesn't call for crying I'll still cry or my eyes will water or those things will happen because I, I feel the emotions so heavily that the actual um that the character feels you know so I am just able to become my character more and more. And I think that's just happened with time. I've gotten more and more used to not having to think about what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do or how I'm going to say it and just letting it happen and feeling it. So it never feels like I'm acting. You know, I that's one of, I hate getting feedback like that. Like, oh, well, this audition felt like you were acting, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't want that. I want it to seem so real that it's like, you're not even watching Ava, you're watching the character. So um, that for me, it's just working on becoming the character and, and not even being myself anymore and just being them. That's awesome. I and mean, that's what I teach here in my school, the Manhattan Actors Studio. You know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, I don't want to, if I'm looking to cast a role, I don't want to meet Ava. I want to meet the character, whoever the, the character is. You know, so when you can come in and really free yourself up because it's not you, the actor in an audition trying to get a part, it's you, the character in a given circumstance, fighting for a real need, talking to a real person, and you've loaded it up with your truth, then it's playtime. It's like, you know, yeah. Halloween. It's like trick or treat when you have the wardrobe, the costume, the hair, the makeup, and, you know, you, you can play. Exactly. I, I truly think that's the, that's the secret is, it, it, you know, being in play and having fun. Because a lot of actors, they get into their head. And I, I like to say, if you're in your head, you're dead. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're, if you're in your heart, you're smart, you know, and you play. 
I like that saying. I'm going to use that for now. If you're in your head, you're dead. If you're in your heart, you're smart. Okay. I love that. If you're coming from your heart, you know, you love acting and guess what? Here's an opportunity for you to act and you have an audience. Cool. You know, yeah. but but to really to 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 free yourself up, it's really just kind of become, you know, bringing that character into the door and bringing that leaving the character walks out the door. So it's you're never even that in that room. It's your heart. It's your soul. You know, that's what you're going to bring. And if you can bring that that truth to it, then people will feel you because you're not acting like you said, that real emotion comes up. Yeah. And, and that's where the magic happens. For sure. Yeah. And I think it's also to be able to do that, it's very important to, you know, be prepared and to have all the lines like memorized well. Because for me, when I am just like so confident in the lines and so confident in the script, all I need to focus on is the emotion and is, you know, the little the little stage direction, the little glances and because, you know, less is more. And those those Mm. tiny little looks can do so much. Mm, So it's for me, it's so important that I don't even have to worry about the lines in the script. Um, It's just like already there. It's already in the back of my mind. So that's not something I need to stress about going into the audition. It's really just the delivery and just being able to be in the scenes and um, feel all the emotions. That's what it's all about. It's about preparation. You know, if you fail to prepare, you've prepared to fail. Yeah. You know, if if you you really prepared and you you know your lines backwards and forwards, forwards and backwards, and you, then you can forget about them and they come to you in the moment. And and you just like you said, it's like it's those little things, you know, an ounce of behaviors worth a pound of words, a little something is like, what was that? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really all about choices. You know, talent yeah. lies within your choices. Yeah, just doing those little things that set you apart from everybody else, you know, like coming up with choices that, you know, casting directors or agents and whatnot will notice. And they're like, huh, mm. something that catches the eye, you know, because everybody else is going to just stick to the script or most people will just stick to the script. So I feel like sometimes adding little acting choices and it's what sets you apart from everybody else. Absolutely. And, and that's they will remember that, you know, even if you're not right for the part, they're going to remember your choice. Do you remember what she did in the room? I mean, yeah. oh, my gosh, she made me feel something. Oh, I mean, she made me want to cry. I felt her or she made me laugh or whatever it is. You know, you're bringing those choices, you know, into that room or on that tape. You know, casting directors will become a fan of your work, even if this role is not right for you. Yeah, that that's another thing that my mom has kind of um, remind my sister and I through the years is that even when there's an audition that we don't necessarily connect to or we don't necessarily love the script or whatever, or we're like, oh, well, it's for this age and I'm way older or I'm way younger. My mom always tells us just get in the room because if you give a great audition and you're not right at all for the part, the act, the casting directors will remember you or maybe the director will remember you. You know, you can always make a good impression and then they'll keep you in mind for the next one. So any opportunity is a great opportunity. Just go and be prepared and um, and give it your best shot no matter what. Yeah, it's about making fans. The more fans you make, you know, more casting directors that are a fan of your work, the more opportunities you're going to get. And then it's just a numbers game till that right role comes along and you walk in that room and you land it. Yeah, exactly. Like like you landed uh, Sydney to the max, right? Yeah. I mean, both for Sydney to the max uh, and Insidious, it was, you know, the casting directors that had remembered me. So mm. for Sydney to the Max, I mean, well, Sydney to the Max and Sydney aren't related. They're just both were related to the casting directors. 
for sending to the max the casting directors from girl meets world had brought me back and had said you know we'd love to see you for this audition i went in and the casting directors had already loved me so they you know sent me to callbacks producers and they were like you know rooting for me which is always amazing and then for insidious I uh, I had actually almost booked Paranormal Activity a few years before, and it was like a multiple picture deal, so for multiple movies, and it it was actually a really long process for that one. I had almost booked it. I did chem reads with everyone, and then we went on set one day, and they were you know trying to figure out the dad and the mom, and then I was the only little girl there. They had nobody else, and then it didn't end up working out, which was a big bummer. But the casting director from Paranormal. Terry Taylor, she brought me back and sent me straight to Producers for Insidious. And then I ended up booking that. So sometimes things can just work out that way and it mm -hmm. ends up being great. Yeah. So for those listeners out there who don't know what a chem read is, it's a chemistry read. Like, let's say you're playing uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. They want to put both actors in a room to see if you have chemistry or, or a parent and a child. So how do you deal with rejection you know those parts that you really wanted and you went in there and you worked hard and you prepared and for whatever whatever reason they went the other way gosh that's a tough one I mean it, honestly it happens so often in acting for me it's like it's almost like clockwork now <laughs> I've gotten used to it but the strategies that have really helped me is is staying busy um, because when all I'm doing is acting and auditioning, it hurts that much more when I don't book anything or when there's like this one audition that I really love. If I'm not doing anything during the day or doing anything exciting, all I'm going to focus on is that one audition and like refreshing my email. Do we hear anything? Do we hear anything? But if I'm busy doing other things, you know, doing music, I'm doing martial arts, I'm staying active, I'm, I'm going to yoga and I'm going to the gym and playing tennis, you know, doing all these things. And, and staying busy, then a few weeks are going to pass and I'm going to be like, oh, did we ever hear anything from that audition? No? Okay. I guess it's on to the next one, you know? So that's one thing that has really helped me is, is just keeping busy and not necessarily distracted, but, you know, kind of distracting myself so I don't have time to just focus on what I'm not getting. But also after every audition, I did this especially with in-person auditions. Whenever I would like leave the room or get in the car, I would blow all the energy and hope for that role into like an imaginary balloon. So I would like, and then I would release it to the universe because at the end of the day, it's out of my control once I leave the room and it's, it's in their hands, it's in the hands of the universe. Mm. So I just let it go. And that kind of helps me to not think of it anymore. Love that. I love that blowing into balloon and letting it go. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a great strategy. Well, I mean, for me, I used to just wrinkle up my sides so from in the trash. Done. I did my job. <laughs> mission accomplished. I'm not going to like be driving on a home saying my lines because the audition's over, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to let it go. You got to move on next. As long as you go into that room and you do your best work and you leave a piece of your soul behind in that room and you make some big choices, they're going to become a fan, you know? And then, like you said, it's up to the universe. If it's meant to be, it's going to be. If not, there's going to be something else down the road. Yep. So, you know, you talked about in-person and, you know, now with, you know, everything with the pandemic and self-tape auditions, how do you like working on doing self-tapes compared to in-person? I have mixed feelings about it. I feel like in-person auditions, it's a lot easier to make a connection. You know, mm. you can actually, you know, charm the casting directors or talk to them a little bit, have them get to know you and then um, take feedback as well. You know, you do the audition. Oh, can you do it a little different? Can you do it like this? Or can you make this choice instead? So they're able to actually see what you're capable of versus when you send in a self tape, you do your best. And then if it's not exactly what they want, odds are they're not going to give you feedback to retape. I actually... 
I've maybe once or twice, I've, I've hardly ever received feedback to retape on a self-tape. It's either it moves forward or it doesn't. So I, I miss that. I miss being able to make changes and and show them that I'm able to take direction and actually um, do exactly what they're wanting and what they want to see. Uh, so I, I do miss that. But I also like uh, the control of being at home. And, and when I'm able to do a self-tape, I'm able to perfect it and make sure that it's my best work and that I absolutely love it. And that I don't think I can do any better versus when it's in the room, you got one shot. And if it's not exactly what you wanted, well, better luck next time, you know? So I like the, I like the flexibility of being able to do it over and over again at home. That That's nice in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I tell my actors, you know, don't audition, give them the performance. Yeah. You know, there's going to be everybody else auditioning and and then you give them the performance. I mean, you have the character, the wardrobe, the hair, the makeup, everything about the character. You made some big choices. You framed it right. You lit it right. You know, it's like I can I can look at take your footage and I can put it right there. Boom. Right on the screen. Yeah. It's like there it is. There's the character. Exactly. You know? Because, you know, those casting directors, they want you to succeed. They want you to be great. You know, they want you to help them. They have a problem. You're the solution, right? You, you've done all the work. You come in, you show them who the character is, and you go, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I am the character. I, I, exactly. I, I did the job for you. Do you, you know, when you were going in person or, you know, do you do you get nervous at all? For sure. Like I was saying, it's, it's nerve-wracking to have to go in and you've got one shot to do your best. And that can definitely be scary, but that's for a lot of things in life. And, you know, getting up on stage, whether you're, you're public speaking or you're singing or playing an instrument or whatever you're doing, there's so many different ways of performing. And I think that can be scary no matter what, because the thought of, oh my God, what if I mess up? What if this, what if that can kind of take over, you know? So that's always for me been a struggle is is kind of quieting down those thoughts. I think practice makes progress, you know, and doing it over and over again has helped my mentality and has helped me get into the flow of it and like, oh, well, you know what? I'll do great. I'll do great. If I mess up, I mean, you know, a lot of times casting directors, like you said, they're rooting for you. If you mess up, they're like, no, don't even worry. Go again, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think just not letting those negative thoughts take over and your subconscious is going to listen to whatever you put out there. So I always try and, and say positive things so that I actually believe it. <laughs> you got to fake it till you make it. So if I say, you know, what if I mess up? What if I'm bad? All my subconscious is hearing is like mess up, bad, scared, all these negative things, which is going to make it worse and worse versus saying it's going to be great. I'm going to do amazing. And then it's going to be over before I know it. Like there's no reason to stress. You're going to be great. And that's what the subconscious takes away. So it's also important to just say positive things, even if it's not exactly what you think. Love that. Yeah. It's, you know, the chatter, the monkey brain, the, the little voice going, you know, fear, fear, this, that, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. It's a bunch of noise. Exactly. So you got to be able to check it at the gates, you know, put a bouncer at the, you know, <laughs> the gates of your brain going, no, sorry, you can't come in can't with come that. In. <laughs> no, the, the, the powerful me, the confident me, the, the queen, the light within me is going to come and show up, you know? I mean, what if you came into a room and just, you know, to shine your light? You know, the light within me, I know this is a God-given talent and I'm going to come shine my light all over this room, yeah. you know, and, and it's a different energy than coming in, in the noise. For sure. You know, that that's awesome. So can we talk a little bit, you're like all over the place. I mean, you were walking the red carpet uh, recently where you were at the, the Grammys, right? Yeah, I had uh, the Grammys on Sunday and then I had a Marvel premiere last night. 
Wow. What's that like for you? I mean, walking the red carpet. Amazing. I mean, it's such a great feeling. I got to, you know, get my hair and makeup done all day. And then going to the Grammys is my first Grammys ever. It still doesn't even feel real. It was very surreal for me because I feel like that was something I didn't even know if I would ever get to attend in my whole life. You know, it's like I feel like the Grammys are one of the, you know, big shows, Grammys, Oscars, Emmys. It's like a life goal you know, for actors and singers to be able to attend these things. And the fact that I was able to go at 16 for me is one of my, you know, biggest accomplishments and something I'm so proud of and so grateful for. And walking the carpet was nerve wracking. Like I was getting ready to go and I was like, holy cow, this is the Grammys carpet. Like this is the biggest carpet of my life. You know, I was freaking out a little and then it was like two seconds, you know, it was like a minute long and then it's over. <laughs> so it was, it was nerve wracking, but it was so exciting. And then Marvel last night was awesome. I mean, I love Marvel. I love Marvel movies. We got to see the new Ant-Man, which was such a good movie as well. So that was really fun. Um, and I loved the back-to-back events. I love staying busy like this. It's, it's so fun. So the Grammys must be exciting because, you know, you're a singer. I mean, you know, you're a talented actor, but you also are a talented singer. And, you know, to be walking a red carpet. And did you run into any of your idols or see any, any, anybody that you look up to, heroes? Yeah, well, I mean, everywhere I looked, it felt like there was, you know, like I saw Harry Styles, who's my favorite artist. Um, and then Heidi Klum walked by. She's so beautiful. And then I got to talk to Harvey Mason Jr., who's the CEO of the Recording Academy, right when I got there. When I was like little starstruck, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Like, this is your event is what I was thinking. And then I actually walked to the carpet next to Smokey Robinson, which wow. was crazy. And I got to talk to him. and He was so kind. And for me, that was like, what? What is life? Um, <laughs> so just moments like that, you know, like 20 second conversations that you will literally think about forever. It was it was just really cool. Even just being in the same building as all these people and knowing that. Like they're, even if they're like 20 feet away, whatever, like they're right there. That's actually them. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, dreams do come true. Like, or, you know, you probably dreamt at one time to be on a Disney show, right? <laughs> 100%. It was always like my biggest dream as a kid to do something for Disney. Yeah. And then check. I mean, you, you made that dream a reality, right? You, 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 you dreamed of being a singer and you're like recording songs. I mean, you know, I was listening to some of your music. You know, it's pretty awesome. Thank when, you. When did, when did that get started? How did you know you wanted to sing? Yeah, I started doing musical theater when I was really young, when I was, I think, six. And then I started making my own music when I was 12, just because I'd, I'd always had this passion for music, and I loved listening to music and singing. So then um, I was like, well, I might as well try making my own. So I wrote a few songs, and then I found my current team. And it's just kind of gone from there. Um, I'm releasing a new single this month called, it's my first Latin song. It's called Deja Te Llevar, which means let yourself go. You speak, um, you speak Spanish? I do. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I'm releasing an EP next month that I'm currently working on with my team. So it's going to be my first, you know, big piece, my first, you know, like piece of music, which I'm really excited to show the world, like. I feel like it kind of will show me as an artist when I release an EP. So it should be, I think, six songs. And I'm just really excited for that. Uh, I love I love making music. I love making music videos. I love songwriting. Everything about it is just incredible. I was watching some of your, your music videos. Pretty cool. What, what are some of the names of your songs? My most recent single I just released is called All to Myself. And then 
before that I think was my song ahead of me that one's the most meaningful song I've ever written it's about my cousin who passed away mm. from cancer um so that song was uh, very it was difficult to write but so important to me that I was able to share that with the world and the music video was kind of a tribute to him and I did a lyric video as well that was just a bunch of pictures and videos of the two of us so I loved being able to do that as well but that's what's important to me is just being authentic through my music so that people can feel like they know me and and are able to relate to me because that's all I look for when I listen to music is getting to know artists and the true artist you know And, and I love it when when singers are authentic to themselves, because that's all people want to listen to, you know, nobody wants to listen to things that are fake. They want to listen to real stories that they can relate to. I'm going to have to check out that video. I lost my 11 year old niece to brain cancer. So I know what that's like. If you can take that pain and turn it into art and, and leave it behind somebody, somebody listens to that song and feels it, or, you know, you put it into your work as an actor, you know, you take that truth and, and put it into a piece and expose it through a character. That's when the magic happens. Yeah. No, he was he was 15 and he also passed away from brain cancer. Well, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, no, it's OK. But yeah, like you said, with acting as well, that for me has always helped me. You know, when I whenever I know I have a big crying scene, I can channel that inner emotion. And it's just, you know, people can actually feel the emotion through the screen when it's when it's real, you know. So the fact that I'm able to channel that into my work, like you said, it's good. That's that's the great thing about being an artist and actor is, you know, we get to take our stuff, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly of that stuff and and expose it, you know, and be vulnerable and truthful through a character. You know, and that's that's playing the big game. You know, I, people think acting's easy. Oh, yeah, it's easy. You know, but no, it's very, very hard. For sure. And a lot of people think it's luck. I've heard so many people say, like, well, you're so lucky. And I'm like, lucky. Yeah. <laughs> like acting. It's it's really hard work, you know. Disney was incredible, but it was nine and a half hour days, five mm. days a week, six months a year. You know, I, I wasn't able to go to in-person school. Obviously, I had to homeschool. I had to be super efficient in my schooling because it was only 20 minute blocks here and there. So if I was in the middle of a test and I had to go to set, I had to stop and then come back and finish the test. So it like it really trained me to be able to like think quick and be able to switch my mind to different things. Um, but it takes a lot of work, you know, it's, it's, it can be tiring, it can be draining, but if, it, I mean, it's just so worth it, you know, it's, it's such an incredible feeling of, of pride and, and, and accomplishment and happiness, just getting to be on set and be around all these amazing actors and talent and, and crew, um, it makes it all worth it. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. It's really, it's, um, you know, the, you become a family, you know, working on a show, you work on a show for you know, three years and it's truly um, life-changing, you know, those people are part of your family, you know, even if you, I mean, I, I just did a podcast my that came out today with Tony Danza and Tony Danza and I did a series called Who's the Boss, which was a hit show. And, you know, we did spend three years on that show together and, you know, I hadn't seen him in, in a while and we kind of reconnected on the podcast and we were kind of reminiscing about what an amazing time it was, you know, on that show and what a beautiful cast and how much fun we had. You know, those memories will last, you know, forever. For sure. I love TV. It's, it's so great to be able to make like long-term connections with your co-stars. 
So, you know, those people out there that say you were lucky, you know, I mean, you, 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 you are an influencer. I mean, you have 4.3 million followers on, <laughs> on TikTok. I mean, that, yeah, I'm sure there's good and bad. You got, you know, the, the fans and then you got the trolls too, right? The ones that are saying, no, oh, you're so lucky or blah, 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 you know, that noise. How do you deal with that? I, I've been very fortunate to have very supportive fans. And for me, that kind of overpowers the hate. I feel like I've kind of learned to deal with it as time has gone on. And my mom monitors it as well. So she goes through it a lot, all the time. You know, she she monitors, especially my Instagram, goes through my DMs daily, goes through my comments daily. There's ways to also filter, put filters on your comments so that people can't comment certain we- certain words. Um, so it just, you never even see it. It blocks it automatically. That helps for sure. And I've just kind of learned to laugh at it. You know, I loved my dress that I wore to the Grammys. And then, I, and then I got so many compliments, which was incredible, made me feel so good. And then I posted on TikTok and everybody was like, it reminds me of grippy socks. I'm like, that was every comment. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I, was, I, I, I wasn't even hurt by it. I was like, that's funny. You know, I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to give them power because that's what they want. You know, they want, they want me to think about it and to feel bad about myself, but like, I just laugh at it. I'm like, huh, that's funny that you think that, but I don't really care what you think. It was a beautiful dress. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I I love your dress. You looked amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. I loved, I loved that look as well. Having that many followers. I mean, there's a, there's a responsibility that comes with that too, right? I mean, you're influencing a lot of young girls or boy, you know, and, and, you know, people that are really kind of following you, you got to really be careful on what you're putting out there because you have the ear of millions of people. Do you feel the pressure of that? Or do you ever get like imposter syndrome? Kind of. Uh, I just, I use my platform to just be positive all the time. So whatever I post, Sometimes, you know, I, I always run my, I'm, I always run my post by my parents, just make sure it's good with them. But there's some things that I'm like, should I post it? Should I not? Usually if I'm questioning it, I decide not to, but I just try to put positive videos out there because what can go wrong there? You know, if I'm just mm-hmm. being positive and, and spreading positivity to people, then that's all I can do on my part. If people want to hate, they can hate, but at least I know that I did nothing wrong. Uh, and I, I, the best part of it is getting to meet them in person, you know, getting to actually talk to these girls and, and boys and, and everybody. And especially since it's like a young audience, a lot of the time, I love meeting kids and talking to them. And it, it makes me feel so happy and so good that people are actually watching my videos. And sometimes I forget because there's so many people that I fangirl over and freak out over. And then I realize that some people feel that way about me. And I'm like, what, this is crazy, (laughs) you know? So it's, I guess that part is a little bit like imposter syndrome. Like really? Like you, like me, you're fangirling over me. Like <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Uh, that part I can definitely, I feel a little bit. So who do you fangirl over? <sighs> Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry Styles. Oh my gosh. When I saw him at the Grammys, I was freaking out. I've loved his music for as long as I can remember. And, and I want to see him in concerts so badly. He's at the top of my list. And um, I just, I love his music. I love his energy. I love his lyrics in his songs. I love everything about his vibe. So Harry Styles, Lady Gaga, she's my idol. She's my inspiration. I love how she's always unapologetically herself, no matter what people say. I think we can all learn a little bit from her on that end and just exploring and expressing our own truths and our own selves. And that's why I love her so much. So for that, I will always look up to her. Yeah. She's a really talented actor too. I mean, I know she's, you know, wow. 
Yeah. yeah, she's unreal. And that's another reason that I look up to her is because she's both talented in, in acting and singing and has proven herself in both. And that's my goal is, is when I grow up, I'll be able to still do both because everybody's like, well, if you could choose one and I'm like, but I don't have to, no, <laughs> like, I, I want to choose one, <laughs> you know? So I love that she's able to do both. That's what I want to do. So what's, you know, what's the, what's the dream? I mean, you know, you've checked off a lot of them. Check, check, check. You know, what's the, what's, what's the, the new dream? What, what do you want to accomplish? Yeah. I want to just, you know, keep doing what I love. So both for acting and singing, keep releasing music. Um, and then eventually the goal for me is to do a musical movie or maybe do Broadway, but I'd love to do something like Mamma Mia or Greatest Showman and be able to act and sing and kind of do both in the same project. That's for me, the dream, you know, just to get to combine both of my worlds into one project. That's what I want to do. Well, it's going to happen. You just put it out there to the universe. You just putting said, it out there. We're putting it, out, put there. it out there. And then the fact is, is you're, you're working that craft. You're working on your singing. You're working on your acting. So, you know, all that hard work is going to come. There's going to, you know, your agent's going to call you up and say, hey, there's a, there's a play on Broadway. And they're looking for, you know, and you're like, okay. <laughs> it's all that hard work and preparation that meets that opportunity. And that's when you get lucky. Yeah, exactly. That's the goal. So what do you want your fans to know about you? Like, like. The real you, you know, I mean, you know, there's a public persona, the, you know, the people, you know, the, the actor from the TV shows, but, you know, about the real you. <laughs> That's actually a really good question. I think I'm glad that a lot of influencers and public figure figures are talking about this now, but especially with the presence that social media has had in these past few years, it's important to remind people that there's so much more than what meets the eye. I feel like, especially on social media, People only post the best of their lives and highlights of their lives. And it's very difficult to be reminded of that daily. When we all go on our phones and we're seeing what everybody else is doing that we're not, it can be really tough. Um, so I think it's really important that I remind the people that follow me, which I'm so grateful for, that there's so much more going on in my life than just what I'm posting about. And not everything is is so glitz and glamour. You know, I have my struggles too. And there's so many difficult times for me as well. Not everything is just fun all the time. That's just what I like to share, you know, because I, I like to to show the best and the fun. But it's also important to talk about the the lows, too, because everybody has them. So it's really important. And I need to be better at this. But it's important that I remind people that it's not always fun and games. And uh, everybody has their struggles. So everybody's going through something. Love that. Yeah. What are some of your struggles? I get like really bad anxiety. So when I have like a lot of things to do, so I'm like really hard on myself as well. So I, it's important to me that I'm getting good grades in school and also exercising and eating well often, which can be difficult with a very demanding schedule. But I make sure that I'm able to fit those things in. So sometimes when I get auditions or a lot of events or I have to go to the studio, I just get really, really anxious and I freak out and I'm like, it's too much. It's too much. I can't I can't deal with it. Too many things going on, you know, and and it happens to me. I've, I've had many anxiety attacks and they're not fun. They suck. And it can be really scary. So for me, it's just kind of calming myself down and just taking one thing at a time because it can be very difficult to take one thing at a time when you have such a long list of things to do. You're just like, well, I need to do this, this, and this. Okay, but right now, I only need to do this. That's what I try to remind myself. One thing at a time, one step at a time. 
So yeah, one of my things is anxiety. I, I really freak out when I have a lot going on. And how do you calm yourself down? It helps for me to talk to my sister and to my mom as well. And just, like I said, just tackling one thing at a time. Because once I can start checking things off my list, I realize like, okay, there's actually not that many things to do, even though it seems like it's never ending. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go to yoga now and then I can shower. Then I'll do my hair and makeup while I do my college courses. Then I can go to the studio and then I'll go to the event. But all I need to do right now is go to yoga. You know, it's, it's just taking it one thing at a time and taking it slow and not thinking about the next 10 things you need to do. So I'm not great at that, but I'm working on it. So that's what I'm trying to get better at. Sure. Well, I mean, that's great. You've been in the present moment. You're right here because the past doesn't exist anymore. It's done. It's the past. The future, you know, doesn't exist. It's it's really being present and in that moment and being able to take a breath in that moment and really grounding yourself and being present, you know, so you're not in monkey brain and chatter and I'm, a, ba, 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 you know, I got to do all this stuff. You can just be present and in the moment, you yes. know, do you, do you meditate at all? Well, I do. I do hot yoga a lot. Mm -hmm. And in my classes, there's kind of a lot of, of meditation involved, especially at the end. Um, so that for me has always helped to calm my mind. And then at night, sometimes to fall asleep, I'll do meditation. But for me, it's been really helpful to get to do yoga and just to have an hour to leave my phone outside, leave the world outside and just be alone with my thoughts and get to really, you know, think things through and check in with myself. I think it's important that everybody does that and has times to check in and has time to check in with themselves and to see where they're at mentally. That's wonderful. You know, as a, you know, you, you know, in this business, you're a product, you know, you're selling a product to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want to really take care of that instrument, you know, and you want to make sure you're drinking a lot of water and you're, mm -hmm. you're going to yoga and you're working out and you're, you're taking care of yourself and you're eating healthy. And, you know, what, what are you putting in your, your, your tank, you know, are you putting in, you know, premium gas or are you putting in the cheap stuff? Um, so, you know, really want to take care of your instrument. And I teach my actors here how to breathe. You know, I, I, I wish, you know, when I was a young actor, nobody, I didn't know how to breathe. I thought I knew how to breathe, but I didn't know how to breathe. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I've been really working for the past eight years on, on meditation. And, and I found that it's an awesome tool for actors to have in your actor toolbox, because, you know, sometimes when you go to that emotional place, right, and you use that thing and you pick that emotional scab and you use that to make art out of it. But how do you get out of it? You know, you don't want to you don't want to be in it and being depressed and thinking about it. So, you know, I develop a technique where actors can just kind of reboot and get present and, and, and then fill themselves with all the beautiful stuff they're grateful for and, and just stack the good stuff. So, it, you know, if you're really present and in gratitude, it's really hard to be in the past because you're here now. You know, so it's a, it's a wonderful tool to just take some time. Like you said, turn off the electronics, give yourself, you know, some time to just sit in stillness and, and find your breath and breathe and, and just get out of your head and get into your heart. Remember, if you're in your head, you're dead. If you're in your heart, you're smart and come from your heart and everything you do, you know, really just shine your light. And I love that you're, you're shining your light and it's a bright light. And I can't wait to see what's coming next for you. I'm, what do you have any upcoming projects that we should know about? Yeah, like I mentioned, I'm releasing a new single this month that I will announce the release date soon on my social medias. So that'll be really exciting and EP next month. I'm also going to be working on a new project. 
that I can't say too much about, but it's actually animation. Oh, so it'll awesome. be one of my, one of, I've done animation before, but it'll be one of my bigger projects. So um, I'm super excited to be able to share more about that, but that I should start working on very soon. So I'm excited. Cool. So do you do voiceover work? I do. Yeah, I've done um, I did that movie called Red Shoes and the Seven Dwarves. That one was super fun. I was really little. But I mean, I haven't gotten to do a lot, especially, you know, being on Disney for seven years, kind of, you know, I, I really only did that for a long time. So now I'm kind of exploring everything else and, and film and more TV and also voiceover at the same time. But voiceover has been something always difficult for me because I'm so expressive in my face that only relying on my voice is like, little bit difficult, but it's fun. Like when, once you get it, you get it. What advice would you give aspiring actors in this business? That it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but the ups make everything worthwhile because when you actually achieve, even if it's a goal, when you achieve a goal, and you actually get to be on set and you get that one call from your agent, that one call from your manager, even if you got a hundred no's or a thousand no's, that one yes makes it all worthwhile. And it's this rush of pride and achievement and happiness. Like, oh my God, I did it. This is real. Like, this is actually happening to me. I'm going to be on set. I have to like do a fitting. Like, oh my God, this is happening. And it makes it all so worth it. So you really just need to stay consistent and persevere through everything because it's going to be worth it. And and there's going to be a lot of rejection. And I've been reminded by many of my inspirations that, you know, my time is going to come and everybody's time is going to come as long as you're prepared, as long as you stay consistent and as long as you want it enough your time will come. You, you just have to remember that and you have to love it. And also another huge tip that I will give is expand your skill sets. Don't mm -hmm. only be an actor, learn how to do other things. So when those roles come along, you're like, oh, well, I know how to do that. And boom, that sets you apart from everybody else. So that's so important that you're learning how to do new things. For me, I know how to sing. I'm kind of learning how to get better at dancing. I'm working towards getting my black belt right now in martial arts in October. Wow. I'm learning how to play guitar and piano. You know, I'm trying to learn how to do all these things. So when that one role eventually comes and they're like, oh, well, it's a karate movie or she sings and plays guitar. I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. Oh, I can also do that. Oh, and I can do that. And they're like, oh, well, she's great. This other girl is great, but the other girl can't do those things. So boom, sets me apart. So it's really important also to expand your skill sets and work on other things that you're good at. That's great advice. You know, it's those special skills that are going to get you into the door. But just because you don't, you know, it's like, I have a young actress here and she plays the piano and she sings. Well, you know, she's not non-union, but something came up and they were looking for a, a girl who sings and plays the piano. Well, she put herself on tape and she got the part, I mean, but she got the audition because of that special skill. You know, I can't tell you how many of my actors, you know, I have an actor who's a big bodybuilder type, you know, they're looking for that type and you have that skill. Cool. They're going to bring you in the door and he booked that part. Yep. So, you know, develop those skills as many as possible. Like you said, you're, you know, a black belt. That's pretty awesome. You know, I mean, I know for me, my martial arts training, I've got to fight Chuck Norris. I've got to, you know, on TV shows, I've got to, you know, play characters that I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I didn't have that special skill. So that's, that's awesome advice. Develop those special skills. 
sure. How about life advice? You know, if you could go back and maybe give the little you some advice, what would it be? I mean, I don't know if I'd necessarily say this a little me, but honestly, like current me is just to, to not take everything so seriously and to not be so hard on yourself because it can be really difficult. And a lot of times I like will just be really hard on myself. And if I don't get certain things or I don't, you know, achieve certain goals, I, I just didn't, I take it out on myself and I'm like, well, you should have done this. You could have been better at this. And, and it's unhealthy. And I feel like so many people struggle with that and, and can be too hard on themselves sometimes. Yeah. We really need to be gentle with ourselves and, and be kind because I mean, we only have, we've got one life, you know? So we need to be kind, be gentle, be positive, only say positive things to yourself. Because like I said earlier, that's what your subconscious hears. That's what it takes in is the positivity. So fake it till you make it. Just don't, don't put negativity out there. Don't, don't say negative things to yourself because then you're going to feel it and then it's going to actually become. So just say nice things to yourself. And, and I think we can all kind of learn from that. I'm still learning from that and I'm trying to improve at that as well. But that's what I would say. Life advice is don't be so hard on yourself. That's beautiful. Yeah. How about you be your best friend, not your worst enemy? Yeah. Yeah, I can right? work on that. <laughs> right? you know, how about how about you give yourself every morning a little bit of an affirmation or incantation on, you know, I am instead of saying I am, oh, I look like crap or blah blah blah. How about you say I, you know, I am beautiful, I am, you know, fearless, I am confident, I am successful, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am love, I am light, I am peace, I am joy. Anything after I am is is very powerful. So you know, how about you say some really kind words to yourself and and treat yourself, you know, like your best friend. Exactly, like your best friend. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, you're very wise for your young age. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really impressed with you, and I, I really I can't wait to see what's coming next for you. I appreciate it. I'm yeah. excited as well. Yeah, so I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast and sharing your wisdom and knowledge. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you to um, anybody who's watching as well. I probably going to do an outro, <laughs> but I also just wanted to say thank you to anybody who's taken the time to anybody who follows me and watches me. Cause sometimes I actually get that people care about what I'm doing <laughs> and what I'm saying. Um, but I appreciate it and I love it and I'm very grateful for everything. So, so you know, for those followers that, you know, the 4.3 million follows that are, there are others that are not following you or where do they find you? Where, where are you? Like if they yeah. want to listen to your music, I'm on, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, on, on everything, TikTok, Instagram, all at Ava Kolker, and that's Kolker with a K. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to, to see what's next. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Yeah, of course. Have a great day. Okay. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.